is good and he is gracious. Well, I have a message this morning. I want to try and edify us today as Christians, as we gather to worship our King. It's good for us to look into the Word of God and remember what God has called us to be. Amen. We have plenty of places that we could go, but I want us to look this morning at the name that God has called us by under a title, God Knows You By Name. We will start this evening looking at the attributes of God where we endeavor to look into the Word and learn about our Father, what His characteristics are, what makes Him to who He is, the personhood of Him, the characteristics, the attributes. And we need to step back and do that as Christians because I fear in this world, as fast-paced as it is, that is a, a, a point in every Christian where we forget sometimes that this is a relationship, that we are to learn one from another. I learn from the Father. The Father doesn't learn from me, but seeks to have relationship with His people. And uh, just like any good relationship, you need to know each other, right? When you first meet somebody, uh, we're, we're called strangers, right? And then after a, a small while, each person is different. Someone with my personality, if I talk to you for five minutes, we're best friends, right? That's where I try to, that's where I try to be. Uh, for others, it takes a while, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But you go from being strangers to being acquaintances, from acquaintances to being friends, from friends to being good friends, right? And in a relationship, like this word says that we are to be in, it's just as a courtship. When me and my wife, right, first started talking, we knew each, we knew about each other, but we didn't know each other. And that relationship grew. It grew not from a strangers, but acquaintances. That's kind of where we started. She knows me. I know her. We know our family, right? Uh, but then we started talking, and we we become friends, and then good friends. And then there come a point in that relationship where we're like, "Hey, I'm not in this for friendship, right? I would I would like to be." more and and that is how we are to be with our lord he's not in this to just be an acquaintance we're not called to be strangers we were strangers right we're not called to just be somebody that somebody knows we're called to a closeness and it's so close that god this morning calls you by a name that nobody knows but him it's pretty, it's, it's pretty cool. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Colossians. And we're going to read Colossians chapter 1, verses 21 and 23. We're headed to Revelations 2 and 17, where we look at that stone that we're given. But I want us this morning to see what God has, has called us out of and what He's called us into. So this morning, if you would stand Colossians chapter 1, starting in verse 21, and it says, And although you were formerly, uh, formerly 
alienated and hostile in mind, engaged in evil deeds, yet He has now reconciled you in His fleshly body through death in order to present you before Him holy and blameless and beyond reproach, if indeed you continue in the faith firmly established and steadfast and not moved away from the hope of the gospel that you have heard, which was proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which I, Paul, was made a minister. Lord, we thank You for this day, Lord, for this uh, reason that we are gathered here. Help us, O God, to understand what You have called us to be, Lord. I ask this, that You uh, show us today, Lord, not what we can see of ourselves, Lord, not what our enemy can see of us, O God, but what you see in us, Lord. I ask this in your blessed name. Amen. Thank you for standing. Like I said, keep your Bibles open. We're going to go to a, a few different places. We're heading to Revelations chapter 2 if you want to put a finger in that. Uh, talking this morning on a God that knows you by name. Before we get into the text, we need to step back and look at the history of the world just for a moment. There are many, many, many God's little g that people worship in this day, just as they do uh, in the biblical times. The Grecians had thousands of gods. The Romans had thousands of gods. Everything was a God. They had a God for the sun. They had a God for the moon. They had a God for water. They had a God for wind. They had a God for when the plant. They had a God for when the harvest. They had a God of fertility. They had a God for every single thing. And then here comes this quote-unquote cult that the world calls this one God religion that you have what, how, how puny can you be? We have thousands of God, gods and you claim that your one God is the true living God and, and not even that. He's not a God among gods. He is the only God. We make a bold claim this morning when we claim to be a Christian because we reject everything that this world says is to be worshipped and we worship God. Amen? We call Him by name. We call Him by Father. He's a personal God. But this isn't a one-way relationship. He's a personal God. He calls us by name as well. He doesn't just call us children. He doesn't just call us the saved. Right? He doesn't just call us those who I have chosen. He calls us by name. You go through the Gospels and you look how He called His apostles and He calls them by name, right? He's walking through the, 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 the streets of Jerusalem and He sees this tax collector and He says, Matthew, come and follow Me, right? Peter, Simon, all of these ones. And if you're true to yourself, if you can think back to your moment of salvation, you too were called personally. It wasn't a blanket statement, right? The Gospel was given. You understood. You felt. And something on the inside of you was personal. 
come to me, right? That didn't stop at salvation. If anything, as we mature in this Christian walk, we come to realize that He's called us by a name that I don't even know yet. See, when I look at myself, all I see is my weakness. I like to bolster myself up. I like to, I like to think that I got it all together, right? I like to stand here and, and say that God is good, but on the inside some days, if I could be, if I could be uh, honest with you this morning, sometimes I don't have it all together, right? Sometimes I am weak and it is only the Spirit that's within me that is continuing me on in those days. Sometimes... I know that I'm saved, but I don't feel like it. Sometimes I know that God sees me, He knows me, but I don't feel like it. Am I the only one? I want us to see this morning that God, when He saved you, He doesn't see you the same way that we see us. He sees us differently. And it's important because if God was to see us the way we see us, we're in trouble, right? Because God, the Bible says, at salvation has taken your sins, past, present, and future, and He's chose a God who cannot forget, a God who knows everything He's chosen to forget it. The Bible says He cast them as far as the east is from the west, never to see them again. A God who sees all, chooses. That's the important thing, and we'll get into that in our evening services. He chooses to not see a God who sees. He chooses to not know a God who knows our sin. We struggle in this life because we never forget who we are. We never forget who we are. I can look and I can see that I'm better by God's grace, right? I'm not what I I'm not what I was, but I'm not what I want to be. But when God sees us this morning, I want us to understand that he doesn't see that. He sees a finished product. He sees that which he has called us to be. He calls us by a different name. He doesn't call us by the name that we know. He calls us by a name that we don't know yet. We will one day. And this is such a personal relationship that the Bible says we'll see that it's just a name that Him and we will know alone. Nobody knows this name but us and the Father. How personal of a God is this that He calls us by a name that is so sacred to Him that He doesn't share it with anybody but you. It's so important. It's so personal of a name that nobody needs to know it but God and God alone and us that name is going to mean something when we get into revelations 2 when that stone is given to us that day when we reach glory and we see that name for the first time that name is going to mean something so much to us because for the first time right the bible says we're going to know as we are known Okay? For the first time, you're going to read that name and that name is going to be a name that you have never called yourself. It's going to be a name of perfection. It's going to be a name of sinlessness. We'll, we'll be glorified. We'll be there with Him. 
Amen. We need to, rem- we need to know this here because this is, this is hard. Life is hard sometimes. But there's a better day coming, I, I promise. The, the Word says so. When you were saved, your sins were forgiven. You were made holy and blameless before God through Christ Jesus by the power of the Holy Ghost. When we read these Scriptures, can you put yourself here? When you say that you've been reconciled, He says He has reconciled all things to Himself having made peace through the blood of His cross, through Him, I say, whether things on earth or things in heaven. That's that's everything. Everything has been reconciled to Him through the cross. He said, and though formerly alienated and hostile in mind, that's us before salvation, engaged in evil deeds, yet He has now reconciled you in His fleshly body through death in order to present you before Him. So that's Christ representing you before the Father. And when He represents us before the Father, these are the things that He represents us as. He presents you holy, blameless, and beyond reproach. Does anybody feel like that this morning? Do you feel holy? Do you feel blameless? Are you beyond reproach? No, you can't even... Forget what other people think. What do you think of yourself? I can't get past that. When I woke up this morning and I was brushing my teeth and I was getting ready to present the Word, sometimes I can't even look myself in the mirror, guys. Because I just see the failures. But we need to understand that that, that God, God sees someone who He has called out of the world that he has placed in himself and he sees the failures guys he sees all of this but he chooses to call us by name and it's not a name of failure it's not a name of blame it's not a name of reproach holy and blameless see we all have a problem we all have something in common and it's called a past right All of us are different, but we all have one. Before Christ entered our heart, we were all rebellious, hostile, separated from God. That's what the Word says. Our sins, our attitudes, our actions kept us from knowing our loving loving and heavenly Father. So even if you had been a quote-unquote good person, right? I was one of those. I'm not that bad. I'm a good person. Before coming to Christ, you still had attitudes and thoughts that kept you from God. That's that's where we were. By grace alone, God didn't wait for you to clean yourself up, thank God, because I still would be in my old self. But He worked a work of salvation in your life. You putting faith in that work and entering into a kingdom. And we entered into that kingdom a certain way. When you came to Christ, Jesus did away with your sinful nature, your past, your present sins, all your rebellion against God. He broke down the wall between you and God through His death on the cross. He placed you 
the Spirit He placed in you, the Spirit of Himself giving you a, a new nature. And that was just the beginning. God loves us this morning. We go to Romans 8 and 1, Therefore, there is now no condemnation in those who are in Christ Jesus. That's a very loaded sentence. There is condemnation. Let's read what the sentence doesn't say. There is condemnation to those who are found outside of Christ, right? For us who are in Christ, us who have been covered by the blood of the Lamb, for us who are saved this morning, God sees you differently. He doesn't see you like He's seen you before. He doesn't see us like He sees the world. He sees His redeemed with all of their failures, with all of their weaknesses, with everything that He's working out of them in this sanctification process, but He chooses to see the person He has called. And He calls us by name. He presents you holy this morning. Jesus made you holy. I didn't do it. I'm not doing it now. When God sees me, He sees His Son. His Son is holy, so we are holy. The word holy there is closely related to the word saint. You'll actually see those words interchanged throughout the Scriptures. Holy, saint, we're called saints here, we're called saints in heaven. It means holy. Jesus made you a saint because He has set you aside for a purpose and made you holy. That's what a saint is, a set-aside person. Your sin is Forgiven. Totally. You need but repent. The righteousness of Christ now rests on you eternally. We were brought into an eternal state at salvation. Paul says we're just walking corpses waiting for the day that God calls us into glory. When we shed this mortality and we put on immortality, right? That's what the Word says. When, when I stop being who I am and I start being who I was made to be. That's, that's the transition period that we are here. You're holy. You're faultless. Well, we got a problem, Pastor. I messed up. Yes, you did. I've, I've fallen short. Yes, you have. I'm not what I'm supposed to be. No, you're not. But praise God, God chooses to see His Son when He looks at us who didn't fall short, who is blameless, who is holy, who is righteous. When you come to God in prayer, Jesus presents you as one who is without sin because He Himself is sinless. Someone who is perfect because He Himself is perfect. One who is blameless because He Himself is blameless. He stands between us and the Father, the Word says, and makes petition for us. God loves you. Be encouraged this morning. If you look at our passage once more and, and now make these confessions, right? While I still hated God, He was working on me bringing me into this, this salvation. 
in Christ Jesus I am holy. See, we can say that now. I'm not holy. But in Christ, in Christ, in Christ alone, I'm holy. His death has made me blameless before God. I have all the blame on me. I don't have to hear what others think of me or say about me. I blame myself for a lot of things. But I'm blameless before God. God has forgiven every sin I have or ever will commit. All I have to do is bring them to Him. You just have to be humble enough to say, I've messed up again, God. Father, here I am again with this, this thing that I battle. And He doesn't just vaporize us. He loves us. Because He chooses to see us differently. Revelation 2 and 17, if, if you have your thumb there. Colossians has told us what has happened to us and how God sees us. Now we're going to start to see how all this come to be. Revelations 2 and 17, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches, to him who overcomes, to him I will give some of the hidden manna, and I will give him a white stone and a new name written on the stone which no one knows but he who receives it. Did you catch that last part? It's a white stone and it has a new name written on it and on that stone is a name written that no one knows but the one who receives it. If you go to Revelation 19 and it talks about the one sitting on the white horse who comes and he comes in the day of vengeance on his vestures or on his thighs, there's a name written that no one knows but himself. And here we have a stone that's given that no one knows the name on but us and the Father, the one who gives it. God no longer calls us by our old name. We could have walked through all of the Scriptures and we're going to talk about a few of them. But anytime God has an encounter with a person, when there was a significant change, right? A type and a shadow of salvation, there was a name change. And He no longer called that person by their old name. Isaiah 62 and 2 says, The nations will see your righteousness and all kings your glory, and you will be called by a new name which the mouth of the Lord will designate. This isn't given by a random angel. This is given by the Lord Himself, and it's a name that only you and Him know. If we just look into Genesis, just a few chapters, there comes this man and this woman by the name of Abram and Sarai, right? God comes to Abram in the land of Ur, and He calls him out, and He gives him this promise. And He says, if you would just walk everywhere you put your foot, I'm going to give you the land. And there's going to come a generation 
and a generation and a generation after you that is going to be the birth of this Messiah, right? This is paraphrasing, but here comes this covenant and, and, and Abram takes his wife and he leaves the land of his fathers and he starts walking as a pilgrim in this land that he knows not of. And then one day the Lord comes to him and he gives him a promise and he says, I'm going to give you a son. Right? I'm going to give you a son. And Abram says, how is this going to happen? Because I'm old and my wife is old. We're past our years. I don't understand any of this. And God says, this is what's going to clear it up. I'm going to change your name, Abram, to Abraham, which means father of many nations. So here's a man who has no kids, who is past his prime, and he's married to a woman who's past her prime, and his name has just been changed to a father of many nations. And from that moment on, every time he has an encounter with the Lord, he is not called Abram. He is called Abraham. For 25 years, they walk in this promise, and every time the Lord sees him, he's called Abraham, father of many nations, to the point to where he comes one time, and he says, Abraham, and Sarah laughs. Right? You remember the story? And you can almost see Abraham going, you got to quit calling me by this name. Like my wife, you, you call, you've changed her name to mother of many nations, Sarah. She's not Sarai anymore. She's Sarah, mother of many nations. You got to quit calling us by this name because it's not happening. She's laughing and it's not a good kind of laugh. It's kind of one of those laughs that you're like, oh no, she's about to hurt somebody, right? Abraham and Sarah. And then 25 years into this promise, Isaac. We can look back now and guess what Abraham and Sarah is. They're the mother and father of many nations. But God called them that 25 years before there was fruit of it. You're starting to see the picture here where God at your salvation has called you by a different name from that point even if we can't see it, even if I can still see this failure that I am, God does not see that. Looking just a little bit more ahead comes Jacob. Jacob is a con man. Jacob is a trickster. Jacob is not a good person. And he wrestles with the Lord one day, all night long. He's done messed his whole family up. He's done stolen birthrights. All this stuff has happened in his life. None of it has been reconciled. He's actually on his way to confront his brother because he just can't hide anymore and it's going to be what it's going to be. He's done sent his family ahead. He's done sent all of his cattle and livestock and everything ahead in hopes of appeasing his brother. And here comes an angel of the Lord and they wrestle all night long. And at the end of it, the angel says, you got to let me go. Day's breaking. And he said, not till you bless me. Not to you, bless me. And the angel of the Lord says, okay, here's your blessing. I'm going to knock your, your leg out of your socket. Your hip's going to be out of joint. That's a blessing, right? I, he didn't kill him. But then there comes a name change. You're not called Jacob anymore. You're called Israel. You're not a trickster anymore. You're Israel. And from that moment on, he was called Israel. He's called Israel before he reconciles with his brother. He's called Israel before he has set anything right. Simon to Peter, 
And then Peter goes on to deny Him. On and on throughout the Word of God. There's a name change which means a significant change. They are called by things that they can never live up to. But yet they're called that in the midst of them falling short of that name. Abraham, he lived as Abram for 25 years. But one day Isaac was born. One day they conceived. One day the promise was given. He's seen the fruits of being Abraham, but God, I want us to see, called him Abraham from the moment He called him Abraham. Never went back and called him Abram again. Never went back and called Sarah, Sarah again. It was Sarah. Jacob is called Israel. Simon is called Peter. You met the Lord one day. And you've been called a different name ever since. And one day we'll know what that name is. One day it's going to make sense. It's been said that the devil labels us, but God names us. See, the devil comes and he accuses us of things. He comes and he says, even now sometimes as I'm preaching, you're, you're a liar. Who are you to stand up there and, and, and preach? You failed this week. But there's something on the inside of me and, and I can't explain it. And it's, it's only through personal experience that you know what I'm talking about. But as this labels are being applied to me, liar, thief, blasphemer, all these things, there's a name that's being called the whole time. And something rises up in me and gives me a boldness to resist the devil as he flees. It's this name. Have hope today. Glory in your weakness. Thank God that He knows you by name. He chooses to know you by this name. Do not think this as a free license to sin, right? As Paul, should we sin so grace can abound? No. We're being worked into this image of the Son. We are on a sanctification process. I'm not saying go out and live however you want because God calls you by a different name. There's, there is a true work that is happening. and We know that. But when we fall short of that work, remember this. When we fall short of my expectations for myself, remember that God doesn't see us that way. Keep this truth close to your heart as a weapon to use against your own sinful desires. You're different. When your enemy brings up your past, remember only you and him know you by your old name. That's a powerful thing. Oh, the devil knows who you are. And you know who you are. But God has chosen to know you by somebody different. 